Hi there and welcome to today's live stream. We're gonna be talking all about how collagen can help you with back pain. We're gonna go into it in a good degree of detail. So hopefully you guys are gonna find today's live stream really, really informative. As always, if you've got any questions, then please do uh, post those in the comments below, whether you're watching this on Facebook or on YouTube. Lara's the other side of the camera, so she is keeping an eye on those comment sections. And if you've got any towards the end of the live stream, we'll get to those in the Q&A section. If you are new to the channel, please do consider subscribing we do these live streams every single weekday and it's your chance to get on ask a question maybe get a little bit of help with your back pain from home and really get you on the straight and narrow so with that being said let's get into today's live stream on collagen and back pain So, uh, yes, it is bank holiday. Lara's just made me aware. Had forgotten about that one. So hopefully uh, many of you guys have been able, who, who can't normally join us, maybe you're at work, have been able to join us today to watch and join in and hopefully ask some questions at the end. Um, we've got quite a sort of a, a detailed one today. I've got a few little notes down here. And also there's going to be some research papers and bits and pieces that we will put links in the description to after the live stream. Once it's uploaded and everything, we'll post those in the description for you guys. For those of you that are a bit more interested, there is a good degree of research. There's some holes in this, but um, it should be really, really helpful for you. So we've got a bit of a structure on the board behind me today. We're gonna to talk a little bit about what collagen is or where it is in the body. Uh, that's really important, and you guys will really understand a little bit about that. We're gonna talk about the healing process, and then really the important part, which is uh, what can we do to help that healing process? And that also means what can we avoid to help make sure that process goes as well as possible? Um, so first and foremost, let's get into it. Again, if you've got any questions on this, maybe for you or maybe for a friend, then please do post those in the comments and we will get to those uh, as we get to the end of the live stream today. So first of all, what is collagen? Well, collagen is a peptide. It is a protein uh, or it's broken down from po uh, protein essentially. And it's in our body. It's more or less everywhere. There are different types of collagen and those are present in different areas. And for today's live stream, we're really going to focus on sort of the first three. So type one, two, and three collagen, uh, mainly because they're in the areas that we're particularly interested in when it comes to back pain but it's in all tissues um, and it's really an important part. It's something that kind of holds us together in, in many respects. So the first two areas that we've got are gonna be the nucleus and the hyaline cartilage. That's the nucleus of your disc. That's the jam in the donut. That's the bit that gets herniated or bulges, which is why uh, today's live is so important. The cartilage is on the facet joints. Any joint in our body, all of our spinal joints, every single level has the disc on the front and it has two hyaline joints on the back, which are the facet joints. In the neck, we also have some other ones which are called zygopophyseal, sorry, which are called unconvertible joints, but we don't need to get into those for today's live stream. We've got the shoulders, we've got the hips, we've got the knees, we've got the ankles, all the little joints between our fingers and our toes, those are all highline, all have highline cartilage. And it is type two collagen that is predominantly in those. And in the case of a highline cartilage joint, so there's facet joints in our spine and those knees, hips, ankles, etc., it constitutes 90% of the dry weight of the cartilage that is type two collagen. The ligaments and tendons, those are typically type one and type three uh, collagen. And those, again, the dry weight of those, about 75% of them is going to be collagen. So it's this protein derived um, ingredient that makes up the strength and integrity of these structures, which is why it's so important when it comes to things like back pain. This is an integral component and it is invariably um, involved in the injury. It's the damage of these, of, of these collagen, by, uh, collagen uh, structures that leads to the dysfunction and we need to recover that. So that's really, really important. 
When we get onto the actual microstructure, we have a number of fibers, which all think of them like your fiber optics. We've got one trunk which deliver, which goes to the houses, but then we've got lots of little ones in there which are in little mini bundles, and those go off to different places. Now the bundles may not necessarily line up in alignment, they're more sort of displaced on one another, they're not quite in alignment, but the individual fibers inside, the collagen fibers themselves, are aligned along the length of that ligament, along the long axis. So if this whiteboard was the ligament here, we have a little bundle here and a little bundle here and a little bundle here, and all the ligaments inside would be, all the, all the collagen fibers inside would be aligned along that. And that's really important for the tensile strength of ligaments and tendons in particular. So what happens when we injure these structures? And we are gonna go, I know this is a live stream on collagen, but it's collagen that makes up these structures and this is how it's really relevant to back pain. So we're gonna go into sort of the damage of these structures. Maybe it's the ligaments or some of the annular disc, etc. those sorts of structures that have been injured. What is happening in our body? Well, first and foremost, we go through that inflammation phase. Many of you guys will know about this. It takes place over about 48 to 72 hours. And the main goal here is to shunt as much circulation into that area to plug the hole, plug the gap and form a clot. Why is the clot important? Well, one, it provides a little bit of stability to the area to some degree, but more importantly, that clot formation releases a large amount of what's called growth factor as well as other bits and pieces. And it's that growth factor that signals to the surrounding cells to say, hey guys, there's something going on here. We need to repair it, start producing stuff. And some of that, a good amount of that is going to be collagen produced from things like fibroblasts, etc. And they're gonna produce that over the next couple of weeks which is when we move into the proliferation phase and the repair phase. And they're gonna be producing these basement membranes, they're gonna be uh, basement material, they're gonna be producing this collagen from protein maybe, um, well, definitely from protein, but that's why it's important to get it protein on our diet, which is something we've covered. And I know in the Back in Shape group, there's been a little bit of a chat over the last, uh, over this weekend on the topic of protein. So very, very important one here as well. So collagen is uh, derived from protein, so very, very important there. Uh, the proliferation phase is about laying down that collagen and starting to rebuild some of these little structures here. And it's important to note that this is taking place over a couple of weeks, and I'll get to why this is relevant in a moment. But that is going to be reorganizing the collagen, lining it up back along those force lines, along the length of the ligament. But at the end of the proliferation phase and the repair phase, the ligament is still more narrow. It's still got abnormal structure and it is not as strong as it otherwise should be as the sides either side of that damaged area. So that is a very important thing to note. And it's over the next months and even sometimes year that the proper remodeling phase is occurring. And why is that so important? We've written it down here on the bottom here. The process of decreasing instability takes months to years because these tissues are not very metabolically active. They, the, the tissues in which have, a, which have a large concentration of collagen, like the cartilage, like the ligaments, like the tendons, like the disc, they are, have low metabolic activity. They, they don't uh, turn over in the same way that other cells do, and therefore this process does take a long time. The reason we're bringing this to the surface is because quite often the pain will subside long, long, long before 
the strength, the normal strength of those ligaments has returned to normal. And that is something that is very important to have in your mind because if we don't continue with the rehabilitation work, we are gonna fall off the wagon and we have a weak link in the chain. Maybe it's a bit of disc, maybe it's a bit of ligament on the back of the spine, maybe it's something else, maybe it's a tendon for you, maybe your hamstring tendon's gone or something like that. You know, it takes a longer period of time for these to come back to proper strength. And in terms of the longitudinal studies, it's very difficult to control properly in the research for people not to do silly things. But in a lot of cases, you can make very good recovery, but in some cases, you can't quite get it all back. So we can control certain things, we can't control others. And our rehabilitation, our strengthening protocols, those we can control, which is why in the back in shape, you'll notice in a lot of cases, we get you guys onto phase two, which is the strengthening and rehabilitation stuff which is so important to provide stability and protection for your back while these weak links are being remodeled. There's something that takes place as quickly as possible as we'll see. We get onto that phase two as quickly as possible to start to strengthen the supporting structures up to overcompensate for some of that ligament instability or maybe some of that cartilage damage or maybe some of that disc injury. We want to overcompensate for that. And that is really important that we understand that the things aren't as strong as they should be even after a couple of weeks. So we want to keep that going. Now, if we get on to helping healing, what can we do to help healing? This is really, really important because all too often in days gone by or years gone by or decades gone by, we've gravitated towards certain uh, interventions, certain uh, thought processes, and some of those are a little bit outdated. And we want to help you guys understand why. So that say you injure your discs or maybe you injure your ligament or maybe you go over on your ankle. What is the right way to deal with this? We've already touched on the rehabilitation. That goes without saying. And uh, in, as I mentioned in the outset of this video, we're going to put some links in the description to a few little research papers on uh, specific rehabilitation work and some on supplementation as well. The process of supplementing things like type 2 collagen um, one of the studies, a really nice one on osteoarthritis in the knee and decreasing pain scores, decreasing VAS scores, uh, which is a visual, uh, visual uh, something scale, essentially measuring your self-reported pain as well as WOMAC uh, scores. It shows very, very good outcomes, decreasing pain, decreasing levels of disability, and that was with type two. And that's present in the cartilage, hence the uh, examination on, or the study on the osteoarthritic knee. It's also present in the nucleus. So supplementing these things can help according to research. So very, very important there. We've got things like the joint drink that many of you guys use, which really, really can help. So that's a really important one there. When we get onto the most popular one, and the most controversial is going to be the steroid injections. This is cortisone injections and non-steroidal anti-inflammatories, the things that we invariably get prescribed. Now, the research on this shows that they do reduce inflammation for six to eight weeks. Fantastic. But the big problem is they have both biochemical and biomechanical influences on the healing. And the results of that is decreased tensile strength of the ligaments. They do not heal as well as they otherwise should do. Remember, what was the really important part in this outset was there was a need for a degree of inflammation. If we're taking some really, really strong anti-inflammatories, is inflammation going to take place appropriately to the appropriate level? Do we want to control excess inflammation? Yes, but do we want to completely shuff it down and stop it from taking place? Well, where's that growth factor going to come from? Where is that gonna come from to stimulate all those cells to go through the necessary healing process? And the research seems rather damning on the use of non-steroidal non anti-inflammatories, so things like ibuprofen and cortisone injections specifically into those structures where we have ligament uh, damage, etc., It's going to decrease the tensile strength, the size, and the, just the general functioning of those ligaments and is not good for the healing. So that's an important one. And again, link to that underneath after this video. 
The next one, interesting enough, is long-term long immobilization. And that is stopping moving. That is bed rest. I know we did a live stream the other week on bed rest and how let's just stop doing anything and lie in bed for a couple of weeks and hopefully it'll go away. Immobilization does not help. It decreases the circulation to the area. It doesn't allow appropriate stimulation of those tissues to help them start to strengthen up. So yes, in that, that immediate uh, phase, straight away after we've injured, we may not necessarily want to move, but we want to get you moving soon. And that again is why even from phase one in the back in shape, when we've got injuries in our back, which invariably involve structures containing collagen, the ligaments, the disc, whether it's the nucleus, whether it's the annulus, whether it's the uh, posterior ligaments or the cartilage around the facet joints, we need to provide a degree of movement there because it helps with circulation and it helps give a bit of guidance for where do we need to start plugging in holes. Again, I've used the analogy before. If we have a bath or a boat that has a hole in it, it's no good looking for that hole with no water in the boat. We can't see the cracks. So when we're looking at it going, okay, where do we need to put extra collagen? Where do we need to put extra support? Well, if we don't have any mechanism for establishing where the leaks are, where the cracks are, seeing those, then it's very difficult to direct our resources to the right places. So we need a bit of load there because that is going to help trigger where the body is going to want to repair most. Very, very important. And that is drawn out quite a lot in the research, which I'll get to in just one moment. In terms of on the back here, the use of exercise and load and peptide assessments, supplements and, for, and resistance training. This was a really good one. So showing that the use of exercise and load leads to thicker ligaments, it leads to stronger ligaments, and leads to overall better outcomes for the patient using that resistance training in the early stages. It's important to note here that it's not necessarily excessive resistance loading. There is also the state statements in the literature that it needs to be controlled loading. And that's why just walking around the house in phase one, when you've just injured your back, just walking gently around the house in the most upright position, the position that puts the least excessive load on these structures is the most important thing. It's very, very important. Not doing too much. In phase one, we don't tell you to go and empty the dishwasher five times a day. We tell you to just walk around in an upright position and do a number of those exercises that help unload the area as well. So that's a very, very important thing to bear in mind. The presence of exercise and loading is substantially better than immobilization for extended periods. It results in better healing. And that is pretty much drawing us towards the end. The last part here in peptide supplements and resistance, that was a nice little study that was talking about just healthy athletes and the ability for them to increase the strength of these, of these uh, collagen-based structures through resistance training, the body having a nice reaction. Essentially what happens is when we're doing the training, we get a very short window where the collagen breakdown in the 24 hours after training increases relative to the collagen synthesis jump. But then after we get towards that 48 to 72 hours, there is a net increase in the synthesis of new collagen to support the adaptive change inside that person's body. So that's pretty much it. I'll run through one more time very, very quickly everything, and then you guys can get over to the questions uh, for today's live stream. So first and foremost, where is collagen and what is it? We've got three types of collagen or three main types that we've covered in today's live stream. One and three, which is predominantly, pre predominantly present in the ligaments and in the tendons. We've got type two, which is particularly present in the nucleus of the disc and also very, very present in the uh, cartilage of the joints. We've got the healing process that goes through an initial 24 hour to 
to, sorry, 48 to 72 hour uh, inflammation phase, then into a couple of weeks of, of remodeling or proliferation and repair, and then a, a longer period of months to year, uh, to a year of remodeling and realigning and restrengthening, which is really, really important. And during that process, it is a slow process. The ligament is not as strong. The structures are not as strong as they used to be, whether it's a disc or ligament or a tendon, they're not as strong. And the important thing there is to do our necessary rehab, strengthen those muscles to overcompensate for some weak structures so they can get a little bit of pressure on them, as we mentioned, but not too much. We've got the use of NSAIDs behind me and the use of cortisone injections. Yes, they reduce inflammation to six to eight weeks, but do they actually help with the healing process? The answers there seem unequivocally no. They do not help your healing process. They reduce the bio, they, they negatively impact the biomechanics and the biochemical structure of that healing that's taking place. And therefore, that's going to affect the collagen lay down. You get decreased mass and decreased size of ligaments, which does not help the long term stability of those joints. And with that decreased size, we have a slower return or a slower reduction of instability over the time frame. But using things like exercise and using things like loading in a controlled manner relatively early on can really, really help you improve the recovery process and, tr and signal those molecules to try and, or those cells to try and lay down collagen in the right areas. So we have a stronger ligament, we have more ligament mass, we have greater collagen lay down, and fundamentally we have a overall better recovery. And finally, using the supplementation of things like type two collagen, which is in the joint drink that we talk about, or other um, peptide producing uh, supplements such as protein can really, really help improve the recovery process when done alongside resistance training. Remember, if we give our body the resources but we're not giving it the stimulation through resistance training, it's not going to work. So if we just sit at home and drink lots of the joint drink and take heaps of protein and have lots of steaks, uh, et cetera, et cetera, unless we're doing the resistance training, we don't have the stimulation to direct our body to do the right things and use those resources in the right place. So hopefully that's been interesting for you guys. And if you've got any questions, we'll get to those now. Okay, brilliant. Good morning, everybody. Yes, some really good questions coming through. I'll just jump straight into YouTube. Um, Jeannie has said, good morning. Is it possible to get this from our diet or our supplements, the only way to get enough? No, no, no. Um, so the, uh, as I mentioned, at the, uh, sort of from the outset, collagen is a protein-derived uh, product. It's, uh, it's derived from peptides. So as long as we're having adequate amounts of protein, that is important. Um, that's where it's going to come from. It's not coming from anywhere else. It's coming from the protein uh, sources. A very interesting one, and I will probably need to find the research paper on this a little bit later on, but... Um, Someone asked when we were talking about the protein, uh, sorry, the collagen supplement in particular, this is very relevant, um, about was it vegan? Collagen comes from animals. This is a really important process. There are um, vegan or vegan friendly collagen supplements. Uh, those collagen supplements, the collagen is grown in modified yeast and bacteria cells. So you, there is a sort of an ethical decision if you're not necessarily for uh, animal-based products, then you know, you're gonna have to go along with the GMO side of things. So th there is that toss up. It comes from animal, animal products, unfortunately. They're all, that's just the way it is. So uh, that's, that's something worth mentioning. But if we get in our diet, that's the most important thing. Protein, our body will synthesize it itself. So if you are gonna go down this sort of the more plant-based route, then make sure you're getting enough protein. And what I would say is with all these supplements, with all the vitamins, if we're on the topic of supplementation in general, you should get it from your diet. That is the standard, the box standard answer from anyone. And if you go online, you see a lot of forums saying, no, you don't need any of this sort of stuff. Just get it from your diet. That is 100% correct, but do you? 
And this is something that really, really bothers me. People will stand on a fence with a big stick and a big sign saying, you don't need supplements, you don't need supplements. The question is they supplement, they help you if you are not getting it. So the best way to proceed for every one of you watching this video is take an honest evaluation. Are you getting enough of these RDAs in your diet and measure it? I don't go, yeah, I think I am because a lot of people, even with protein, uh, which obviously is very relevant to today's live stream because you're gonna derive collagen from that. You, you say, oh yeah, I'm getting enough. But then when we say, no, go and measure it today, you should be getting this. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm way off. I'm really not getting enough. So measure it. And that's the best way for all of you watching this to take control of your health when it comes to things like collagen supplements when it, because it's derived from protein or if we're talking about vitamin and mineral supplements, are we eating a healthy, balanced diet? If we are, then we're gonna get it from there. If we're not, then supplement. It makes sense. Okay, brilliant. Um, I'm gonna jump over to Facebook and try to do this in some kind of order. Um, Kate has asked, uh, is it good to take collagen along with protein supplements or does the protein contain collagen? Also, if you have neck and lower back issues, uh, would it target both? So, um, it's not, well, your body's gonna use it wherever it's needed. Um, so that's the first thing. Our bodies are way smarter than we can be with regards to our intervention. So all you've got to do is get it into the body, get it into the digestive tract and providing there's no sort of difficult digestive absorption issues, we haven't got any toxicity in that area uh, that's stopping our absorption, then our body will absorb it and send it to where it's needed. That's the great thing about the human body. As for the supplementation, I take both. We take the, we take the, the Cartonica one and we also take uh, protein supplements just to make sure that the, that it's up there but the, that particular supplement has other bits in there like chondroitin etc as well so it's just something that I personally take um, the protein in the protein powder um, I know Kate I think you're taking the one that we take um, that is going to be broken down into its constituent amino acids in the gut because it's going to trans it's going to trans it's going to transport through our digestive tract into our body more efficiently that way. And then the body is going to say, hey, we need a bit of this over here. We need to put some of these amino acids together. We need to get some peptides out of that to go over here. It's going to do the job um, it, that it needs to. So as long as you provide the raw ingredients, your body will do the magic uh, generally. Okay, Kate also asks, and um, there's so much on the internet about supplements, how do you know which doses are actually toxic as nearly all supplement um, supplements warnings are put out? Yeah, I think the, the biggest thing is maybe it's something that we can go, go and do the research for you and provide a little bit more guidance and support on because it is a bit of a minefield. Uh, when it comes to protein, I highly doubt you're going to overdose on that just mm. because you, you'd have to just, you know, take heaps of the protein powder or just eat you know, and, and then there's the whole thing about carnivore diets and things like that. So we won't get into that uh, for today, but I think we will be doing a diet live stream, live stream at some point in the, in the not too distant future. Um, things like vitamin D, there is research, for example, that, or uh, there is the, that is one of one that you would consider you can overdose on, ADEK, ADEC, um, are the ones that we can overdose on. But I think generally speaking, it's very, very difficult to overdose on these. There's research talking about doses up, dosages up to 1,000, sorry, 10,000 IUs being beneficial for health. And there's a plenty oh, of uh, vitamin D. Oh, vitamin D, yeah. Uh, up to 10,000 IUs. I know that the Cartonica has, I think, about 600 per serving and the multivitamin one that we've got has about 600 milligrams, uh, 600 IUs. Um, so you're well under that personally uh, during certain times, especially during the winter months, we'll take upwards of sort of 5,000 IUs of the vitamin D. That's not for you. I would suggest, you know, do your own research or have a look into these things yourself, but we'll try and provide a little bit more direct guidance on some of the individuals. But I would say um, it is, you'd have to be quite um, over the top to, to really overdose on any of these, I would say. 
Yes. Um, well, just with the collagen, I can see here that this has got what? Well, it's five thousand. Yeah, five thousand for the type two collagen, which yeah. is brilliant. But when which it that's, comes... so that's for the, so the type two collagen is for the um, the highline cartilage, so the facet joints, the knees, the hips, the ankles, etc., all that sort of stuff. Basically, most of the joints in our body, and also the disc, uh, the the nucleus of the disc. And it does say here with the RDA. Um, there are little asterisks, so I'm guessing yeah. you can't overdose on that. I don't know whether you well, can. Well, no. Show so the that. asterisks on the back here, those are generally where there's no RDA. Um, it yeah. normally says at the bottom, no established RDA. Um, that's that's really generally where they're going to go. Um, so yeah. Okay, brilliant. Uh, Mandy has asked here about cortico injections in horses. Uh, cortisone injections can only be used three times. Um, is it the same in us if it's it, in yeah. certain parts? Yeah, it generally is um, the same in people. Um, one thing that we didn't get into in today's live stream was prototherapy. I know one of the guys in Back in Shape um, who watches, you'll know who you are, uh, has had that sort of thing. There is some really promising research on that in particular. And personally, it's not something I've looked into in great detail, so we'll add that caveat. But as I was doing some of the research with regards to the collagen for today's live stream, there were some very interesting things about that being a, it, it's, it, it comes under sort of more that regenerative medicine side of things because it's helping getting our body get more uh, a positive outcome rather than the steroid injections which yes mandy they do produce a fundamentally negative outcome it's going to reduce the inflammation but it is going to negatively affect the structure as i've mentioned of those ligaments uh, the problem being in the horse for example is things like prp which is uh, plasma replacement pro uh, platelet. it's platelet-rich plasma sorry um, sometimes it's ref referred to something to do with plasma, which is basically where you do a blood draw, centrifuge, and then or filtrate, and then re-inject the platelets. That's to get. Remember, if you remember what I said about this healing process at the start, we want a big clot, not a big clot, but we want a clot formation appropriately so it can secrete the uh, growth hormone and growth factor in that area. Well, that I think is the mechanism behind the PRP injections. And then of course, you have the stem cell injections as well. We've got mesenchymal stem cells and other types of stem cells. The thing is with horses, um, I think it's, it's a cost. You know, those therapies, in my opinion, make a lot more sense. And we know that they, they at, le at the very least, they're not going to be doing the harm that a steroid injection is going to do, but it's the value of the horse and the value of that procedure. And that's the same toss up in people as well. Unfortunately, it's the value of the procedure versus the, uh, the you know, the, the, the cost that it has. The other thing to bear in mind is when we're talking about a lot of you guys with your back pain and things like that, is that you have to have a physician, a doctor, a surgeon um, who is up on the research. All too often you get different uh, profession uh, professionals within that profession some of them just won't be interested in the research they've been doing steroid injections for the last 50 years they're coming towards retirement they have no need or no interest in getting up to a, on a whole new way of thinking and and that's the same in all industries the same in lawyers i imagine the same in you know builders the same in everyone um there are certain group of people that just don't want to have a look into the new stuff Mandy said, very glad I turned down the second cortisone jab. Thanks. I won't be having those. It um, just does. It just, it just, I really, I really struggle what you're, what are you getting out of that? And there needs to be a real solid discussion with your GP or your prescribing surgeon or physician about why are we doing this? Well, what is the benefit? What, what, what am I getting out of doing this? Oh, well, you're reducing the inflammation. Okay. If that's, if that's it, what are the costs of that? Hmm. You still have to do your rehab. And you've just weakened the structures. So the, the thing is, I think some people look at injections as a way of getting rid of my problem and taking 
the back, especially when it comes to back problems and not to get a bit off topic, but when it comes to back problems, it is a problem that we have because of various things. As many of you will know, you've been doing the wrong things because of the wrong guidance, et cetera, and it's built up over the years. We can't just take that and just have an injection to get rid of it. It, it doesn't work. It, it, maybe you will feel good for a day, for a week or for a little while, but you might be making things worse. Okay. Brilliant. And Joe, I think we've already answered Joe's question. He says, is there a recommended intake for collagen when taking supplements? There's not, re- there's not really a specific recommended intake. I forget what the dosage was on the one research paper I mentioned about the osteoarthritic knee, um, but that'll be in the description after today's live stream. So if you're particularly interested in that, then go ahead and have a look at it um, afterwards. It'll be up, up in there uh, later today. Oh, interesting. Man, he's come back. She said, quite right. It never lasted more than days. It was excruciating. I'm doing my rehab. Awesome. Yeah. And, and one one final thing. If you are, I think we touched on this ages ago during lockdown when um, when we had, when we did one on, on steroid injections. Um, if it's not done under video, uh, under uh, under guidance, ultrasound, etc., then it's really not worth having, in my opinion. It, it is, is so inaccurate. Uh with the best will in the world, they don't know where they're poking the needle. At least if you've got that video guidance, you know you're poking it in the right place. Um, so that's something to seriously bear in mind. Okay, Karen has asked, will multivitamins help the healing process as well? Um, to a certain degree, yes, because you're pro- providing the nutrients that are required and things like the, uh, the, the Vitality, the uh, multivitamin supplement that we use, that one, it's got also, there's other cofactors in there, the things like it's got magnesium, it's got selenium and other bits and pieces that are just going to help our body work, function, work and function correctly. A lot of this is about get yourself out of the way, allow your body to function correctly, stop doing things that stop the functioning of the body correctly. And the body is a fantastic tool, it's a fantastic creation, it really works very well if we can just stop interfering with its process with its natural process of recovery by doing silly things by having bad diets eating lots of processed foods not getting the adequate nutrition and not getting the appropriate exercise and spending too much time sat down on a daily basis if we could cut those things out and correct them back to what our body needs then we really would do an awful lot better and that resistance training is just us being active it's being active in a good way stimulating certain structures so our body can adapt and get stronger that's what it's built to do we're built to be very very resilient um kate just agreed with mandy she said i found no relief whatsoever with the injections in the past yeah um okay moving on ollie has asked here can you get different uh, qualities of supplements do the cheaper options even contain enough to be effective um question i haven't particularly looked into that around the collagen side of things to be completely honest um but what i would say is definitely in the protein the protein industry there is very cheap protein full of lots of rubbish in it with lots of additional rubbish in it which is definitely not very good and i'd always say if you're putting it in your body you want to try and get the best you can and it's better generally to get a little bit less of something that is very very good than get a lot of something that is rubbish. Um, I know in, in years gone by, having used cheap protein supplements, you basically double over with stomach pain after taking them because they've got so much rubbish in them as well. And it is worth, if you can, getting a slightly better one, which is why the one we recommend, we, it, it comes from the US. Um, it, it's difficult to source, but it's a really good quality one. Uh, and it, it really does a job. Okay, wonderful. I think that is everything for today. Really hope that was helpful for everybody. Thank you for your questions. Yeah, thanks so much for joining us, guys, today on the live stream. Hopefully you did find it helpful. Hopefully you learned a little bit about collagen, where it is, uh, what it helps us with, and also, more importantly, the recovery process. 
if you are new to the channel, you found this one useful, then please do consider uh, subscribing to the channel. We do these live streams every single weekday. If you know someone else that's maybe struggling with their back pain and you watch this on Facebook or YouTube, then please do consider sharing it with them. And do keep an eye out later this week. We've got some exciting bits and pieces that are going to be announced, hopefully. So uh, especially on, I think it's Friday. Friday. We've got some some really awesome announcements for you guys, so hopefully uh, that'll be be really really good. I'm just going to put the link to the joint drink that we've been talking about today yep. um, in the comments, just in case anybody is interested in having a, another look. Awesome. Well, uh, that's that link will be in the description. Thanks so much for joining us. Have a great bank holiday Monday. Again, nearly forgot it was bank holiday Monday. The weather looks like it's going to be great as well. So hopefully you guys can all really enjoy yourselves. Have a great day, and we will see you all tomorrow with another live stream.